The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Sandy Scarlatta. I was born in Virginia Beach and raised in the Baltimore Annapolis area and had very humble and tragic beginnings. And as a result, my life was a hot mess. Thankfully, 33 years ago, I got my act together. And since that time, I have dedicated my life to serving others and raising awareness that no matter what you've been through, you can choose happiness and live the life of your dreams. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging. And my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a choice, and the choice is yours. Today's episode is amazing, and I am so grateful for you. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Enjoy the show. Kelly Bazzani, it's so great to see you today because we scheduled this so long ago. So thank you so much for your patience. I really appreciate it. And thank you for being here. I love being here with you. I'm so excited, Sandy. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. So you are a certified master life coach. You also have your master's in psychology. Fantastic. And you're a facilitator and owner, co-founder, or founder of a successful coaching practice called Resilience, Life's Gift. I love it. And then you have your own podcast, and we're going to dive into all of that. But first, I want to hear your story. How did you How did you get to where you are today? Because we all have a great story behind us. We do. Thanks, Sandy. Um, and again, I'm so honored to be here with you. Um, you know, it's funny. I never thought I would be on this journey. And so it's so uh, fun to be able to talk about my story. I started off as a critical care nurse um, at the age of 21. I worked at the prestigious Mayo Clinic. Um, I Ooh. always thought that was going to be my journey for the rest of my life. My grandmother was a nurse and uh, she was my person and I followed in those footsteps. And I broke my back at the age of 26, lifting a patient. And uh, that set me on a course of eight spinal surgeries. After my second surgery, um, a nerve was severed in my back and um, I was paralyzed um, from the waist down um, and had trouble with walking. And throughout those course of eight surgeries, you know, you went through the plethora of major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder and PTSD and all of those things. And with that came an addiction to every type of prescription medication. Um, 
I ended up with my parents and going through all that and the loss of identity, you know, because it was Nurse Kelly. So with all of that going on, um, I made very poor choices in my addiction, got behind the wheel of a car, got DUIs, and it just led me down this path of self-destruction, self-sabotage. And I was just existing. I wasn't even living, Sandy. It was just, I never thought I would end up in that place. I went to rehab after rehab. I would get clean. Then I'd have another back surgery. I'd get clean. I'd have another back surgery. And in my last rehab in 2014, I was facing uh, losing my nursing license. I was unemployable. I was facing prison. Um, and I wasn't facing the issues that were underlying. You know, it was like drug was but a symptom of, of what was underneath. So I hadn't dealt with all the shame and the guilt and the trauma and everything like that. And so my counselors really worked with me on what was going on there. I walked up to the community college the day I got out of rehab, started taking some psychology classes because uh, I needed the loans from school to pay for rent. Um, I was cleaning my sponsor's house um, to pay for groceries. And uh, it was very, truly humbling because, you know, everyone's sitting there with laptops and I'm there with my free backpack from the community college and a big pencil and just kind of shaking, still going through the detox. And I had no idea I was going to pursue this because um, I was awaiting my prison sentence. So I started taking those classes and finally the counselor was like, honey, there's no more classes for you to take at community college. You know, you have a bachelor's degree in nursing, why don't you go get your master's? And all those core beliefs of I'm not good enough and all those came in. I ended up going to do my sentence in jail. And that is Sandy where I had my spiritual awakening because I went to maximum security and my cellmate was in there for first degree murder. Oh my and gosh. I was judging her, Just judging her. Yeah. I'm only in here for DUIs. Like, how am I in here with someone that's in here for murder? And so my my higher power kind of knocked me to my knees and was like, you know, if you would have hit a child or a family, you'd be in here doing the same amount of time. So what makes you think you're any better? And so I called my sponsor and I had her send me all my recovery stuff, you know, my AA books, my NA books. And we were in our cells for 23 hours a day and out for one. And I started working with the women in the yard and taking them through the steps and helping them because everyone in there was in there for mental illness or addiction or things like that. And so from that day on, I dedicated the rest of my life to this work. I got out, went into a master's program, got my master's in psychology, started doing marriage family therapy, liked it, but didn't like being in that box of like just working with people in the past and past issues, started taking self-mastery classes down in Napa, opened my coaching business, and started working with people on their belief systems, you know, what was holding them back from moving forward and um, just started from there. And it just kind of started to take off. And now I speak in elementary schools on, on bullying or on mindset. And then I have my own podcast and then I just keep going and going. Cause I'm just so passionate, Sandy, about there's so, I said during the pandemic, mental health is going to be our next pandemic. And I did, I noticed it not getting a lot of attention and here we are. Right. So there's always more work to do. I'm always working on myself. It's a lifelong journey. And that's, that's my story. You know, that there's so much more that's wow. kind of a version, but <laughs> wow, you know, that's where we're at, you know, it's yeah. Incredible. That's really incredible. And, and when you were talking about all your surgeries and the addiction, <laughs> It's, and, and I'm sure you know this, you know, I mean, that's, of course you were going to become addicted oh. because the, the drugs they give you are so addictive, period. Yes. 
if you just, if you, and you, you know, it, it, you're in a catch 22 situation because you, you need them because you're in so much pain and yet they're highly addictive. It was such a, it was such a hard thing for me because I was a nurse. The doctors were prescribing them in such large quantities. And, um, at first I had never taken a pill before that, that point, you know? And so you're taking them. And what I realized after too, Sandy, is I was taking them more for the emotional pain than I was for the physical pain, you know, to numb out so many feelings. So it's such a, when I went to those self-mastery classes, and that's what I loved about coaching is I was like, if they can tell me, you know, that all my actions are mine, that I'm accountable for everything that led me to being in the jail and having horrible things happen to me in that jail that were very traumatic. And I can own my life again. I can feel power over my life again. I'll take it. And, you know, cause I'm like, it wasn't my fault to break. I was feeling very victim, you know, how did it was, wasn't my fault. I broke my back. It wasn't my fault. I had to start taking pills. It wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, no, you know, it's nobody deserves to break their back. Nobody deserves that. But what choices did you make that led you up to being in that jail cell that led you to going through that trauma? And that's what I love about the coaching experiences is, you know, you can get, you don't have power over certain things, but you can step into your power and take accountability for choices. Um, so I look back on my journey now and every client that comes to me at 43 years of age, Sandy, I can be like, oh yeah, you know, like either I've been there, I've experienced it, or I can empathize with the feeling that they're having, whether right. it's, you know, addiction, powerlessness, frustration, grief. Um, so it's just such a wonderful thing to be able to empower so many people and help them feel power over their lives again, you know? Yeah. So I don't talk about this that much on my podcast, although I, I do share it when I'm a guest on other people's podcasts, my, um, my ex-husband who is a very successful lawyer was driving drunk, drunk, hit a motorcycle and killed two people. (sighs) And he was in prison for seven years. He just, he's been out now since December of 2021. Um, and during that time for me, you know, I had to put my whole life on hold because yeah. I was in almost like a fight or flight mentality because I had a child to raise on yeah. my own. And we were left almost destitute after the accident happened. Mm. And, you know, I'm a survivor, a a thriver. Yeah, I prefer to say, you know, I'm a thriver. And, you know, I always knew I was going to be okay. And yet, you know, the thing is, is that it's really easy to, you know, look at our situation and compare it to another, right? Yes. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure he, he did some of that as well Mm -hmm. in, in the beginning. And then he, you know, toward the end of his term, he was like, yeah, you know, you know, we're all there. We all are there for, you know, what he was saying was that almost everybody in the prison system, it always goes, most of them always go back to drug, drugs and alcohol in some way, shape or form. Yes. And thank you for sharing that and for your vulnerability. I can't imagine how that must have felt for you. And it is a family disease, you know, it affects so many people in the family system, you and your, you and your child. And that's, that was my experience. You know, we were in the maximum security and people couldn't even come in because we were too high risk. 
nobody's getting the help that they need in there, you know, exactly. The, so then they, they go out and they continue to do exactly what they, they were doing with no help. And right. so that at the time I went in, I had a year clean. And so I was working in doing, you know, internship at a recovery center. So I kept calling and sending people to my recovery center. And finally my supervisor, you know, I called her from jail, you know, collect call from, and she's like, honey, I love you. I love what you're trying to do, but we don't have any more spots, you know, because I kept trying to send people because to your ex-husband's point, they're not, we're not getting any resources in there. You know, no. they're, if anything, they're giving you drugs. We call the Thorazine shuffle. People are walking around just kind of like this, you know, and then they're unmedicated when they get out. And so it hurts my heart. You know, I get very emotional about this because there's only so many of us that are trying to reach at a bigger reach, you know, to help people yeah. with this. Yeah. You don't, you don't think you're going to be the one. And no, I got wheel of a car so many times. And those were only the times I got caught. You right. don't think you're going to be the one to hurt somebody or harm somebody with your choices. And it's so freeing for me to be accountable for all my choices takes. I know I'm one pill or one drink away from being back there. That's right. So to be able to empower people and help people and know that it affects the the people in your family, my mother and I did a podcast, um, the two sides of the addiction coin, her perspective when I was in my addiction and mine, wow. I never knew how she felt and wow. they were two totally different perspectives, you know? So it's, it's really impactful um, to know how it affected you and your child to see how, you know, we need more resources for people. I just opened a second resilience in Grass Valley where I got clean and sober because that's always been my dream, you know, to remain grateful and humble where I came from to help so many people there. So, you know, I'm trying to reach to however many people I can. And what's so frustrating about it is people, we're not going to get help until we're ready. I mean, people told me until my face was blue to get help and until I was ready, it's, it's such a, um, it hurts my heart because it's still such an epidemic, you know? Well, people aren't going to do anything. They're not going to make any changes in their life until they're ready to make that change. doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, just stop eating so much desserts or, yeah, or quitting smoking or drinking or shopping addiction, sex addiction, you know, gambling. It's all until somebody is ready, it's not going to happen. And here's yeah. the thing. People, it's so uncomfortable making that change. And that's why, you know, in yeah. order to grow, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I say this, it's getting to the point where I almost say this like every single podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get the tattoo, Sandy. I want to get the tattoo. Right. You know, because when we coach, I mean, isn't it the same? I mean, it's like people stay comfortable and it leads to a life of being uncomfortable, where if they get a little uncomfortable for yes. a minute, they're going to lead a life that's very comfortable. But that's right. They're afraid to get there. And it's so, um, they stay in their little box of, of comfort. I call it the nine dot square because inside that nine dot square, it's like this illusion of control. They're not really in control. It's an no. illusion of control, but right. they feel safety and they can manipulate and, and this. And I'm like, that's your content though. That's your content. It's what you believe to be true. But if we get outside that box and put it into context, Right. Like, how are you contributing to the problem by either your reactions to it or your inaction 
when there's a problem. It all comes back to you, right? Oh, yeah. You have to have a desire to change. You have to have the desire first. And then you got to make a de- the decision. And I said this on, um, I had Jim Britt on my podcast last week. Oh, nice. And he said, when you make that decision, there can't be any room for it to be any other way. But we leave a little gap to make, you know, when we make decisions to be like, to make little excuses, you know, like, okay, I'm going to make a decision to lose weight, but on Sundays or Easter or whatever, I'm going to have that piece of cake. You know, he's like, you got to seal that circle, right? There can't be any room for there to be any other way when you make that desired decision, you know, and I see it all the time. And I say to my clients, you know, um, when I lost all my excuses, I found my results, you know, but it's, right. we, we, it's, I, I love, I love laughing with my clients because they know with me now they're, I did you do your homework assignment? I did Kelly, but, and I just look at them. They're like, I know no buts, no buts, but I'm like, you either did or you didn't, right? <laughs> like there's no, there's no ifs, you know? So I love it. I mean, I love talking about getting uncomfortable because um, it only happens outside your comfort zone. It only That's happens. That's right. I love it. And I love how you explain that. So thank you for that. Yeah. So you had, you had talked a little bit also about feeling like a victim. Yes. And that's a hard place to get out of. I was there for a very long time yes. myself, you know, yes. after my brother died when I was um, 12 years old and, and I did feel like a victim from that. Um, and then of course it just crosses over into every other area of your life, because when you have that mentality, you're always going to be that victim. So for yeah. you, what was what was some steps that you took to help you get to a point where you could see that this happened for me and not to me? Yeah, so the mindset work. Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. It was for me, I started focusing on not what my body couldn't do for me, but what it could. What Not what my mind couldn't do for me, but what it could. And I think what what happened for me again was those self mastery classes where i got a really good look at myself and i love how you worded that i started learning to ask myself better questions and when i learned to ask myself better questions it changed the trajectory of my life so like you said instead of saying why is this happening to me i learned to ask myself why is this happening for me and what can i learn from this experience so for example I had to get clear on what my values were. So it's not a motivation problem. It's a clarity problem. So what do I value? I didn't know what I valued. So I got really clear on that, right? I value my family. I value my faith. I value nature. I value this. And then I got clear on what is it I want to do? Okay, I want to feel better. I want to have more close interpersonal relationships. Why? Why is that important to me? And why does that matter? I want to feel safe and secure. I want to feel loved, those types of things. And then it came back to my values, right? So everything was kind of in alignment for me. So that was like, okay, this is happening for me. This experience happened for me to show me how resilient I am, how strong I am, right? Those types of things instead of, and so I started building on that. Then I started to look at things more optimistically not with like rose colored glasses, right? But just optimistically, I started to find humor in things. 
And I started to find like the strengths I had instead of every weakness that I had. And so that started to change my mindset a little bit. I also didn't um, compare myself to others journeys as mm. well, right? Like I would yeah. look at other people and go, oh, she's so much further along than me. Oh, well, she had two back surgeries and she's already back at work. Oh, she's doing this, right? Instead, I would ask them questions. Hey, you're doing a lot better. Can you share with me how you did that? I would get guidance and feedback, right? And I wouldn't take it as criticism. I would learn from it. I also sought out mentorship. I didn't need to have a lot of money at first, right? Because I didn't. But I would find people that I wanted to learn from who I wanted what they had. And I would take guidance from them as well, right? So there was a lot of different things I started to do that didn't necessarily need me to like spend a lot of money at first when I was, you know, because people are like, I don't have money to seek out mentorship. Get on, online, right? Just type in, listen to a podcast, right? Like 30 minutes of new input every day, Sandy. Yes. You know, if you're interested in something, instead of like binge watching or spending time on your phone or just checking out, right? Look up an article you're interested in. If you have anxiety, like I was having anxiety, I would look up like how to overcome anxiety, right? And I didn't take one huge step every day either, right? I would just move that needle a little bit. Sometimes yes. maybe I could just look up the article and then put it down, right? Maybe I couldn't walk a mile with my back, but maybe I could just get outside and put my face up to the sun and then go back inside. So just little steps every day, helped me to kind of overcome. And then I'd be like, I'm really proud of myself today, right? Instead of, I only did this today, right? right. So I watched how I talked to myself because I was listening. Yeah. So all those little things, you know, you can't lift a thousand pounds in a day, but you can lift one pound a thousand times. So those small repeated efforts every day kind of got me there. Well, yeah, and resilience. I always teach, um, you know, my clients, because I work with a lot of elite athletes, it's like a muscle. So you know, you can yes. it to muscle. Resilience is like a muscle. Confidence is a muscle. Yeah, it's all you know. And you you know, look at it that way, and you're not going to build those mu that muscle strength overnight. And it's like just one percent better every day. Every and day, celebrate those wins. Yes. So so important because when we celebrate those wins, you're actually reprogramming your subconscious mind. Yes. And, and it's creating gonna... those new neural pathways. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that's it. Saying 1%, just consistency, consistency, yep. consistency. And when you do that, like you said, you're every time you do that and you're proud of yourself, you create those no, new neural pathways. Right. Every time then you come and speak negatively, it shuts those pathways, you know? Yep. So then instead of creating that negative feedback loop, you're creating that reticular activating system that becomes more familiar for you. It's like when you buy a new car and you're like, nobody will have this car. And then you buy it and you see that car everywhere on the road. That's your <laughs> reticular activating system. That's like when you start to tell yourself something new that's not familiar, like oh, I did good today. And then you take a little walk. You're like, I did good today. That becomes familiar for you now. Right. right? And so it's just, then you start building that confidence and that is, that is that 1%. Confidence is acquired. People are like, how do I, how do I get confidence? It's acquired by doing exactly mm -hmm. what you just said. 1% every day. Yeah. So I just kept going. And 
I didn't just talk about it, right? I remember I would tell my mom, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. She's like, stop telling me, show me. Right. Right. So I, I started to put it into action a little bit too every day. So it was just important to do all those little things. You know, I remember I would go over to my mom's and I'd keep lifting up my sunglasses, you know, and she's like, you don't need to show me your eyes anymore. I know you're clean. Now just go and like do, do your thing, you know? So I just, I just went on my own little journey and I didn't need it to be clear and specific. You know, it was like, I found my own spirit, spiritual journey. Yeah. It didn't have to look like anybody else's. That's right. You know? Cause it's it your journey. Be, it's my journey. And you're on this journey for a reason, you know, yes. everything I always, you know, we were playing a, a little game when I was get to, getting together with uh, my book club and somebody said to me, you know, if there was one thing you can change your life, what would it be? And I go, nothing. And they're <laughs> like, nothing. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I am who I am today because of everything that I've gone through. And I wouldn't change a thing. I me wouldn't neither. change one little thing of it. Man, I love you. Yes. You know, yeah. that, I, and people think I'm kind of nutty. The ones that haven't done all the, the spiritual work, it's like, I would not change one thing. And because of one second would have been different. And I would not be on this podcast speaking with you. That's right. Every relationship, every journey, every trial, every tribulation got me exactly in this moment to be speaking with you. Yep. And I love the work that I, because I've gained lessons from every single experience. I used to be so shameful about my past. And the minute I started sharing about it, you know, I would share when I got the intoxilock out of my car, I'd share when I got my ankle monitor off. I'd and people were like, oh, me too. You know, it gave people permission to do the same and That's not right. have to suffer in silence. And sometimes I forget that I'm on the other side of it. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm sharing my story, but people are still suffering with it. And so I took the thing that I was most shameful of and most afraid to speak about and turned it into my greatest, truest, unique gift to the world to help others. And mm. people are now like, feel like they can talk about it without shame because it's a disease. It, I was such in dis-ease right. in my addiction, That's you know? Right. So I love being able to talk about me. I would not change one thing about my journey. Not one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Kelly, this has just been so amazing. And I, oh, we could talk man. for hours. So is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with the audience today? And make sure you um, also give people your, your website and how they can find you. Yeah. I just want to tell anybody, if you are struggling you know, if you are going through anything, there are so many resources available to you. I have been following Sandy. She's just, oh man, one of the most amazing women makes me emotional. And I am here. We are opening, you know, group coaching at, at lower affordable rates, you know, for people that are struggling. And uh, my website is www.myresiliencecoach.com. And Sandy, I just want to thank you for allowing me to share with you and <laughs> your beautiful soul and anything I can do to support you. Cause I love women, empowering women. And it's just been a blessing to be here with you today. Thank you for sharing Aww. your space and time and energy with me. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. It's been amazing. And I do want to also mention all of this will be in the show notes and how Kelly and I got connected is that we both 
we're in the change book series. That's um, Les Brown wrote the forward in that. Yeah. And uh, that's the fastest personal development book series in the world. And yes. it was such an honor to be included in that with you as well. Absolutely. All right, Kelly, thank you so much. Thank you to all the listeners and just, uh, yeah, check out Kelly and her, her website and gosh, so much wisdom and knowledge you have to share. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Sandy. You as well. Blessings. Thank you. All right. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone. When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com awards for 2022 details.